0: The reality of a Christian is one who lives like Jesus Christ. Now, that's not just Sunday mornings between 10 and whatever time you leave here. But a little Christian is to live like Christ each and every day. When you woke up this morning, did you live for your flesh or for Christ? When you go home to this afternoon, will you live for yourself or will you live for Christ. Christ-likeness is a necessity. And yet Christ-likeness is not simply an external behavior. A lot of people want to equate it with an external behavior. And if we're going to live like Christ, we will be different on the outside, won't we? But it's not simply on the outside. My water right here, what little bit is left of it, if I poured it out of this, it would change shape, wouldn't it? It conforms to that which is around it. We aren't to simply conform our outward appearance to look like Christ. Well, that's what our church says, or that's some of the standards that we have. And so I'm going to live this way because that's just where I'm comfortable. That's how I was raised. Wait a second. Christ-likeness is not just an outward conformity. It is an inward change. It begins at salvation. If you don't know Jesus Christ as Savior, friend, that is the most important decision you can make in life. You will never live Christ-like without knowing Christ as your Savior. But Romans chapter 12, many of you are familiar with that, verses 1 and 2. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. And be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that ye may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. This proving, this external behavior begins in the heart and the transformation of the mind. The Apostle Paul said in 2 Corinthians 5.17, Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a what? New creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. So if you know Jesus Christ as Savior, there should be some differences on the outside. But it's not just the outside that has to change. It's from the inward Jesus Christ who makes all the difference. Galatians 2.20, it is Christ that lives in me. If we're going to develop Christ-likeness in our homes, it must begin at salvation. Those of you who have children yet at home, you have a great opportunity to teach and invest into them the truth of Jesus Christ. Many come to know Jesus Christ as Savior as a child. I was four and a half years old when I realized my need, that I was a sinner. Now My parents disciplined me, and so I learned real quick that I was a sinner. You know what I'm talking about? right? I learned that I was a sinner, but it was my sin that needed a savior. It wasn't just because my parents went to church. I don't remember a time in my life not going to church, but it wasn't attending church. It wasn't these outward things that made me right with God. It was putting my faith and trust in Jesus, the lamb of God, which was slain. We just sang that this morning. Worthy is the lamb that was slain for my sins. And I acknowledged that. I put my faith and trust in Jesus. Friend, if you've never done that, it's in Christ alone. Not Jesus Christ in the church, not Jesus Christ in one, any other behavior or action or something that was done to you. It's Jesus alone. That's where likeness begins. But then it continues to change me that continued process of sanctification. We've talked about it before. When you're saved, you're sanctified, or you're set apart unto God, but there's also that process of sanctification, being changed to be more like Christ. Are there things in your life this week that you've lived more like Christ than you did three weeks ago? I hope so. There should be in my life too, each of our lives, if we're going to continue to develop Christ-like behavior. But it's something that flows out from the inside. It's from Christ living in me. It's from the Word of God. Jesus prayed in John 17, 17, Sanctify them through thy truth. Thy what? Word is truth. We offer you daily bread. You may have some other devotional plan you follow. The teens, we encourage them to use the glow, uh, glow in the dark, I think, right? Glow in the dark is the teen devotional we hand out. But again, it's not just this nice storyline or this nice application. It's the Word of God. Kids, we encourage. In fact, I think we've got the new ones back there for you parents who don't have one yet for the month of September. But the, the new devotional, Glow Juniors. It's important for each of us to spend time in the Word of God. That's where life change happens, when we walk with the Lord in the light of His Word. So, we must develop Christlikeness in our own lives and in our homes so that we can live it out in everything we do. Philippians chapter 2 is where we'll be this morning as we think about developing a Christlike attitude and a Christlike character. Maybe you're familiar with this passage, and many people, we often start at verse 5 where it says, Let this mind be in you which was also in Christ Jesus. But I want us to look at the first four verses real quick as we begin this. If there be therefore any consolation in Christ, if any comfort of love, if any fellowship of the Spirit, if any bowels and mercies fulfill ye my joy that ye be like-minded having the same love, being of one accord, of one mind. So he's talking about this inward emotion and action that we choose to show from the inside. Verse 3, let nothing be done through strife or vainglory, but in lowliness of mind, let each esteem other better than themselves. And then we get into verse 4, look not every man on his own things, but every man also on the things of others. So it's from the inside out. But how does that happen? Is it just that we have to change the way we think? You fill up at one of those gas stations uh, that has, uh, what is it, GSTV. You know what I'm talking about? You watch TV while you're pumping gas because you don't have anything better to do, right? Uh, I I watched one this last week. Uh, Was it Maria? Whatever her name is, if you fill up at one of those, you've seen her countless times. But she was talking about how we can feel safe and secure and putting our hand on our chest and our stomach and saying, I am safe. But the reality is we are changed By the word of God, not just claiming some truth, but by Jesus Christ. And it's his word that makes all the difference. And so here, as we think about developing Christ-likeness in our life, it's by thinking like Jesus Christ thinks. Number one, think right about yourself. Think right about yourself. Verse number five. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation. Jesus Christ, he thought right about himself, didn't he? Now, how do we know we're supposed to think this way? Because it just says, let this mind of Christ be in you. So number one, this morning, I want to encourage you to think right about yourself. Which, of course, it already starts, and we mentioned that. If you don't know Jesus Christ as Savior, you need to think right about yourself and your need of a Savior. That without Him, there is no hope. You can put your hand on your chest and your stomach and say, I am safe all day long. That doesn't make you safe. Now, it may help you feel a little better. We're not talking about just directing our emotions here. We're being changed by Jesus Christ, which, by the way, does affect our emotions. I love singing our worship songs here at church. And I hope they make you feel joyful as you leave. But our goal is not to sing music that will manipulate manipulate your emotions, but to sing scriptural truth that this word of God directs our emotions and gives us joy through the hope and confidence that's in Jesus Christ. We must think right about ourselves. Acknowledge who you are. Now, are you Jesus Christ? No, so of course you can't acknowledge that. That's not what's being said here. Verse 5 says, let this mind be in you. Well, Jesus acknowledged who he was. Look at that. Verse 6, who being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God. Was Jesus Christ God, yes or no? In fact, we celebrate that at Christmas time. We celebrate uh, the I word. What do we say? Incarnation of Christ. He came down and took up on flesh. But Jesus Christ, was he still 100% God? Yes, he was. He acknowledged the truth about himself. And that's what I have to do. Now, if I have put my faith and trust in Jesus, I already quoted the scripture, 2 Corinthians 5, 17. If I put my faith in Christ, I am a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. I need to acknowledge the truth about me. Do you ever struggle with who you are? You ever have some of that negative self-talk? I'm so stupid. I'm such an idiot. If I just uh, uh, and we just go on. Anybody else battle with that sometimes? Don't we? And yet, that's not what God wants us to do. If you're in Christ, you are a new creature in Christ. Now, I'm not just talking about having some positive self-esteem here, but acknowledging who we are in Christ. If I have forgiven, I am redeemed. I am on my way to heaven. I have a relationship with the God of all creation. These are positive things that are truth. And so I need to acknowledge the truth about me. I am a special, unique person. Genesis chapter 1, God made everyone. God made everything, but then God made Adam and Eve special, unique creatures with a relationship with God, with the ability to communicate with words. We've been talking about that on Wednesday evenings. God wrote his word so that we can understand it. So when I acknowledge the truth about who I am, I acknowledge that God has given me certain spiritual gifts. Has God gifted me in different ways than he's gifted you? Yeah, and if you know Jesus Christ as Savior, you have been gifted by the Holy Spirit. And you've been gifted differently than me and each of us. Isn't that a special, unique thing? We've looked at that from the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 12, and we can see it in Romans chapter 12. You have been gifted specially and uniquely you have a specific calling by God on your life. Sadly, I think a lot of times people think the calling of God is only for those who choose occupational ministry, whether it's a pastor or a missionary. But friend, you should be living out the calling of God on your life today. Some of you in the workforce should be living where God has called you to work. Not just, well, this is just where I am. No, there is a special, unique calling God has placed on your life. Even where you're living is by no mistake. So many things. We acknowledge the truth about some of the blessings and the things God has done when he saved us. You aren't less than everyone else. Now, again, when we continue through this passage, we see Jesus Christ thought right about others. But here he thought about, right about himself, who he indeed was. And here Paul says, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. So think accurately about yourself. Now, we also need to not just acknowledge who we are, but we need to reject thinking too much of ourselves. It's interesting as we look at this in verse 5. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God, Why? Because he is God. Is there any higher? No. He is God. He is supreme. We sang about that this morning. But in this next verse, it says, But made himself of no reputation, and took upon him the form of a servant, and was made in the likeness of men. This phrase, no reputation, means to make empty. He laid aside the form of God. Now, he was still 100% God. Very clear. The Bible clearly teaches that. But he laid aside his glory, emptied himself of glory, being 100% God, yet he became 100% man. There's a song, He Became a Man. Christ became a man and took upon the form, in this passage we see, of a servant. So I need to be cautious, especially when I think about myself, that I reject thinking too much of myself. Jesus Christ did this voluntarily. He took upon the form of a servant. When it comes to myself, I need to be cautious. Romans 12, verses 3 through 6. Really, we'll only have time to look at verse 3. But it says, For I say through the grace given unto me to every man that is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think but to think soberly according as God hath doubt to every man the measure of faith. So again, think right about yourself, but reject thinking too much. We all know someone who thinks too much of themselves, right? Sometimes we think of those high schoolers or those professional sports players or whomever it may be on that sports team that, man, this this team would fail if it wasn't for me or whatever it may be. But it's not just sports. It's not just hobbies, wherever it is. We all battle with that from time to time. I must, yes, think accurately about myself, who I am in Christ. I, I love some of the truths pulled out from Ephesians 2 in the movie Overcomer that Kendrick's brothers did. And, and man, they quote, of, I am, I am. In Ephesians 2, we see all of those things. But then not to think too highly, I'm all that in a piece of cake. Right? We, we've got to think accurately about ourselves. Proverbs chapter 11, verse 2, When pride cometh, then cometh shame, but with the lowly is wisdom. Proverbs 16, 18, Pride goeth before destruction, and in haughty spirit before a fall. Proverbs 29, 23, A man's pride shall bring him low, but honor shall uphold the humble in spirit. Friend, if you and I are going to have Christ-likeness in our lives, and really teach that to our kids, whether they're at home or you're investing in your grown children or in the life of your spouse or a friend, whomever it may be, we must, number one, think right about ourselves. Number two, I then need to think right about others. It starts with thinking right about myself. got to be saved, who I am in Christ. But then I must think right about others. Look at verse 7 again. Jesus Christ made himself of no reputation and took upon him the form of a servant and was made in the likeness of men. And being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. Jesus Christ, he thought right about others. He took the form of a servant. And that's what you and I need to do. Now, again, it starts, we've got to start with our own self. If we don't take care of ourselves... How do we help others around us? Jesus Christ thought right about himself, but then he took on the form of a servant. The word form here means the form by which something strikes the vision, the external appearance. I think what Dan and Mark and I were talking about this the other night, that we're more than what we see. I see your body, but you're so much more than your body. So the form, that which strikes the vision... Here, Jesus Christ took on the form of a servant. In fact, this word servant means a slave or a bondman. Why did he do that? Because of your sin. Not just the sins of the world. And again, it was the sins of the world. But I want us to stop and think about you specifically. Christ became a man. Took upon himself the form of a servant. Why? So he could die on the cross for your and my sins. He came down to serve us. Did God need to serve you and me? He made everything. Does God need you and me? He spoke all things into existence. And yet he came to serve us. If I'm going to live out Christ-likeness, it does begin thinking right about myself. But then I need to think right about those around me. Maybe it's your spouse or your kids. Or for you teenagers, it's your siblings or your parents. <laughs> for us adults, it may be our siblings, the co-workers, those that were around. I need to think right about others to take on the form of a servant. Romans 12, verses 5 and 6. We were looked at verses 1 and 2. Romans 12 is an incredible passage, by the way. I encourage you to read through that at least once this week. But Romans 12, verses 5 and 6, so we being many are one body in Christ. And everyone members one of another, having then gifts differing according to the grace that is given to us, whether prophecy, let us prophesy according to the proportion of faith. And this passage continues on. The gifts given to the local church, friend, if you're saved, you are a gift given to the local church. Now, that means you need to be part of the local church. We praise the Lord. We've had a number of people join this year Say, this is where I want to serve God. I know I'm saved because I put my faith and trust in Jesus Christ. I've been baptized by believer's baptism, by immersion, and I want to join up. Friend, that means you're a gift to the local church. What are you doing with your gift to the local church? Take that form of a servant to serve each other. It's not serving me, though, I mean, it does serve me when you fill in and step in the roles that God has called you to serve in. Man, we had an all-night activity for our teens on Friday night. Jim and Heidi, they went and helped John and Nicole at the ball game, and then John and Nicole stayed up all night, and I turned my phone up so just in case I needed anything or needed to answer it. That was a servant to me, but ultimately, those couples served our teens. That's serving in the body of Christ. How do we serve each other in the body of Christ? Take on the form of a servant. The local church is so vital our Christian life if we're going to be Christ-like. The local church is a necessity. This is not just an accident or external view, but it's who we really are. This is who Jesus Christ really was, but made himself of no reputation and took upon him the form of a servant. Really, we think about boundaries. A book I'm going through this week is, is entitled Boundaries. And you think about that, there are boundaries in life. Not just at the Grand Canyon where it's a fence you can't cross over. There are times we have to set up boundaries. No, I can't do this because of this and a lot of things. But we think about Jesus Christ. He crossed over some boundaries so that we could go to be with him forever. But there were still times as he was a servant that he got away alone, didn't he? He went alone to be with his father. He got alone to spend time with his family. I mean, we think about all the years Jesus Christ was here on earth. And how many of those years did Jesus Christ spend with his family and we don't have any records of what happened? I mean, there were those times. It wasn't for everybody during those times. It was, but he lived out that life, even things that we aren't familiar with exactly what happened. He spent individual time with his friends, those disciples. So even as we take on the form of a servant, it doesn't mean, well, I'm just living life for everybody else. And we need to take that time for us and think right about ourselves. Not to the negation of the time with other people. But it's also so that I can serve those people the way God wants me to serve. Taking alone time with God and His Word. Are you doing that? We should do that once a day. Does the Bible command us anywhere to read the Word of God every day? It tells us to meditate on the Word of God. We can definitely think about it and At least what helps us, we have copies of it readily available. How many of you have at least one copy? How many of you have at least two copies of the Bible, right? I mean, digital devices, I'm thinking my phone and my tablet and my Bible, and I've got those three right here, let alone my computer and a copy on my home office. I mean, so many copies I can think of, but we don't readily use those to meditate on the Word of God. Why? Because we're just too busy. At least that's what we say, right? And yet when I take time alone with a father, I am refreshed to be the servant God wants me to be and to serve with his grace and his love. Think right about others. Take the form of a servant. But it's not just to point others to me and to minister to others. It's ultimately so that I can point them to God. Think right about others by taking that form of a servant. But think right about others by pointing them to Christ, not yourself, not someone else but Jesus Christ John 129 the next day John seeth Jesus coming unto him and saith behold the lamb of god which taketh away the sin of the world then John says he must decrease or he must increase and i must decrease it was all about Jesus Christ John 1:35. again the next day after john stood and two of his disciples and looking upon jesus as he walked he saith behold the lamb of god and the two disciples heard him speak and they followed jesus john wasn't offended when they followed jesus because that's what he was trying to get people to do we aren't trying to build us a name here at jerusalem baptist church though we sure want to see other people come but it's not just so that we can build a name it's so those people can follow christ and exalt Him. And as we get to sing corporately together songs like Worthy of Worship and Worthy is the Lamb that was Slain and, and sing some of these psalm settings, those are great opportunities to worship. But that they can come and listen to God's Word and worship not just through responding now, but being Christ-like throughout the week. You and I, as we think right about others, it's so that we can point them to the One who makes all the difference. Think right so you can live right and point others to Christ. And back to Philippians chapter 2, it's not just thinking right about yourself and thinking right about others, but it is thinking right about God. Now, again, Jesus Christ was God himself. Again, we see all this in verse number 6. Who being in the form of God thought it not robbery to be equal with God. Why? Because Jesus is God. John 1.14, the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. A lot of passages we can look at and see Jesus is God. He claimed to be God even while He was in bodily form. But then you and I need to think right about God because this goes on. He served and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. Wherefore, God also hath highly exalted him and given him a name which is above every name. That at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow of things in heaven and things in earth and things under the earth. And that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. It's all about God. You and I, if we're going to really be Christ-like, we must think right about God. Live so you will exalt God. Live so you will exalt God. That's what Jesus did. Jesus was God and yet he lived so he would exalt the Father, which of course we know the Father exalted him back. Matthew 3, verse 17, And lo, a voice from heaven saying, This is my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased. Acts chapter 4, verse 12, Neither is there salvation in any other for there is none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. Not one way to be saved, but where we must be saved. There is no other name. Live so you will exalt God. That's what Jesus Christ came to do. Exalt God. Again, it's so hard for us to grasp the Trinity the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Co equal, yet God, one God, not three gods. One God, the Trinity. And yet Jesus here, he's exalting the Father. And then the Father exalts him. Why? That every knee would bow. So how about us then? As we think about ourselves, it's not so that God will exalt us so others will look at us. But ultimately it's so that others will follow us to Christ. In the very next chapter, Philippians chapter 3, verse 12 Philippians 3 verse 12. The Apostle Paul said, Not as though I had already attained, either were already perfect, but I follow after, if that I may apprehend that for which also I am apprehended of Christ Jesus. He's following Christ. Verse 13. Brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended, but this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forth unto those things which are before. Skip down to verse 17. Brethren, be followers together of me and mark them which so walk, so as ye have us for an ensample or an example. We follow others who follow Christ, and God gives us opportunities as we exalt Him, He gives us opportunities to continue to lead others to exalt Him. Parents, you've got kids in your home, you want them to follow you. Not just so they can be conformed to having a peaceful home, though sure is a blessing when we have peaceful homes. But it's not simply so we can have a peaceful home. It's so our kids will exalt our Savior. So that our kids will grow up and live their lives leading that godly example for that next generation. And it's not just for their kids, but for their peers and their friends around them. That's for each of us. It's not just for our home. This affects our work. It affects our grocery shopping. It affects the time we're on the phone with tech support or whoever else we're talking to. Christ-likeness makes a difference. But I must think right about God so that others will exalt God and live so that God will be glorified. Whether therefore you eat or drink, or whatsoever you do, do all to the glory of God. 1 Corinthians 11, verse 1, the Apostle Paul says, Be followers of me, even as I also am of Christ. Who are you following to follow Christ? Are you looking up to a godly example? We have many in the Bible. But I praise the Lord, we have many in our church that are those godly examples who are following Christ. None of them are perfect. Why? Because they're sinners. But I praise the Lord that we have godly examples who are striving to live for God. Is that you? Are you one of them? That here we can help make a difference in each of our lives and the lives of our kids and the lives of our coworkers. Why? Because we exalt God. Because I think right about myself and I think right about others. And ultimately, all of this is in case in thinking right about God and pointing others to God. Am I I thinking right so that I am living right? That's not just conforming to some standard. We don't want to teach our teens and our kids that they need to conform to some standard because this is what Jeruel Baptist Church says. We want them to live out biblical principles. Again, that does make a difference on the outside, but it starts in the heart our desire in all of our kids' ministries, our desire here in all of our worship services is that our hearts are pointed to the Savior because He's the one who makes all the difference. So are you living Christ-like? Not just conform to some nice standard. Not just at certain times when I feel like living a certain way and around other people I'm going to live other ways. No, am I living like Christ? If I am, it's because I'm thinking right about myself thinking right about others, thinking right about God. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. So how do we develop that? Will you spend time in the Word of God? My preaching and teaching times, and I man, I encourage you, come out to Sunday school, come to the morning service, and, and if you're able to stay around for the afternoon service, except for today, we're not having one, but Wednesday evening service, come out to those. But those are not enough times for your heart to be focused on Christ. You give account for your life. I am longing for you to get into the word of God for yourself because that's what God holds you accountable to. Are you living like Christ? It's because you're spending time with him then. Are you spending time with Christ? Look at this last week. How much time did you spend with Jesus Christ? I'm not talking from last Sunday. I'm talking from Monday on. How much time did you spend with Jesus Christ? Well, let's see here. There was five minutes a day. And I skipped a couple days in there, so at least 15 minutes. Am I going to really live like Christ then? I need to spend time with Christ and let him change the way I think, be conformed, be transformed by the renewing of my mind so that I can be that godly example who's living for God and pointing others to live like Christ. Father, we're thankful for your love. I pray that you will help us today to be tender to you that our hearts would be drawn to you. God, Christ-likeness. In some ways, it's not a very hard thing because really it comes from spending time with you and you change us from the inside out. And yet, God, the hard part is just requires spending time with you. In our lives, we we find all these excuses and reasons why we don't have time to spend with you. But God, you begin to change our thinking when we're in your word. And we think right and accurately about ourselves, and we think right about others. But all of that is coupled with thinking right about who you are. So God, would you make a difference in our lives today and this week?